Happy 50th birthday, Allie. I'm not 50. I thought this was the 50th. This is the 50th episode. So you're not 50. I'm not 50. Oh, well, this is embarrassing. I'm, yeah. gl- I'm, I'm glad we deleted this. God. She packed my bags last night pre-flight. Airplane 9 a.m. <laughs> Doesn't work. match made in space. I'm Allie Goodman. And I'm John Walter. And we are a married couple showing each other the 80s movies of our childhood. And this week we did 1957's Zero Hour. What, what, Record what? scratch? No, that's, if uh, we also, this is a co, uh, co-evil, co-mingled. Uh, co-mingled? I co- like co-mingled. Co-mingled podcast because we were actually, the 80s connection is of course 1980s Airplane. airplane. Exclamation point. Yes. As opposed to zero hour exclamation, exclamation point, point, as is the, as is the uh, original. But the, but uh, did airport have an exclamation point? I don't know. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Uh, I don't here, think so. I think it's airport. Uh, I think it's just airport seventy five or airport blah blah blah. Yeah. No. It's just no. airport. No. Yeah. It's just airport according to. Uh, um, I'd like to just point out that the reason that we decided to do this collab, and we'll come into more detail about all this, but is this is our fiftieth episode. Woo! Finally, after how many years? <laughs> about. Fifteen. <laughs> yeah, it feels yeah. that way. Yeah, we did. Uh, yeah, we. Well, we we work in fits and starts. We do. This. We are the fits and starts Bickerson's because, uh, podcast. Yeah, we we uh, let's see. We we did like you know like twenty episodes in the first year. <laughs> then we did. Then we Maybe didn't do some for a while. Ten, and then we did like fifteen. But now we're back on sketch, so hopefully it'll. Are stick we? we do. We have a sketch. Are, are we actually back on sketch until uh, we've had one episode, like which hopefully will be two weeks well, before I, this launches? Sorry, no. What I mean is we actually have it. See, this is we've what done I mean two by, in a row. No, this is what I mean. I mean we are back on sketch in that we have it in our in our schedules, like actually scheduled. Oh, that is in. so cute. I could share a screen capture of the fact that we have watched movie podcasts in our on our schedule for years. <laughs> yeah, but uh, this time we, we actually this time figured we it out. No, yeah. this time no, we, this mean time it. we figured it out. We really out. mean it. We really do. Because, well, we still have a baby that's actually napping. So that's He's not really napping. I can still hear him. <laughs> right now he's still up. But, probably, you know, probably, in general. keeping him up because I'm yelling at you. You probably are. Um, yeah, so anyway, yeah. Um, so, okay, so let's talk about this. So, so I, anyway, I, we did we did 1957 Zero Hour, directed by Hal Bartlett. Okay. Um, you know, um, starring Dana Andrews, Linda Darnell, Sterling Hayden, and introducing Elroy Crazy Legs Hirsch mm-hmm. and uh, Peggy King. Actually, I don't know if it introduces Elmore Crazy Legs Hirsch, but it definitely uh, includes him. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so uh, here's what happened. Um, we talk a lot about what movies we're going to do. And one of the most annoying things that I have ever done in our marriage is make John watch Airplane with me, and I quoted the entire movie at him. And I think I've probably quoted it a few You've times. You've actually done it on the podcast. Yeah, I've done that before. The podcast. Okay, we're, um, we're not Tony Poznanski. We yeah. do not have the podcast. So, um, but, uh, and it's annoying. Um, yes, and I'm is, well though. aware of my annoyance. But it is a movie that basically was a defining movie of my childhood. So, uh, you know, we talked about whether or not it would be something worth it. And we've talked about this before, about the fact that comedies don't always... Yeah. 
kind of lend themselves to being talked about on the podcast because they're already funny and like right whoa yeah you usually you mute no, no you don't does mute one that. mute that no one does, well usually i mute my thing whenever that you know to keep that from coming up that's my virus definitions getting out there but that's so nice of it to tell um, us um so, so anyway um, so yeah. so the so obviously we were like well this doesn't fit into what we want to do however at some point, I don't know if you looked it up on Twitter or somehow you f- figured this out that this movie was... Well, I mean, ba- I, I've known that for a while. Oh, you did know? I, I always I've thought... known it was based on a movie. I actually forgot which movie it was and I had been reminded of it. I always um, thought it was... We, can I actually we talk about this movie really quickly yeah, in one second. before and, we get to the what, airplane? Yes, and, yes, I just want to explain. So the... the um, uh, when, when John told me that it was based on another movie, I always thought it was only based on the airport movies. And it turns out that it's not. It's actually based on, as I segue you into talking about yeah, the movie, Zero Hour. Yeah, but you, zero hour. You, you, you interrupted me before I could explain why. I want to talk about the history of the movie, like the sure. movie itself, not it. about the movie. Go for it. Pre it Absolutely. Being, because this is kind of kind of funny that a, a thing I kind of just learned because I, I was like checking the actor names on Wikipedia and I literally just learned this. Uh, the screenwriter, Arthur Haley, um, it, like it was a, it's an adaptation he originally wrote it and this is why it's set in Canada is originally a, a CBC teleplay called Flight into Danger Ooh. and the role of Ted Stryker was played by none other than Canadian actor James Doohan better known as Scotty from Star <gasps> oh, Trek um, and, interesting and Kay Haley also co-wrote a novel with John Castle based on the same plot entitled Flight into Danger Runway Zero Eight in 1958 oh, uh, a oh, year after this eight that's funny Zero Eight <laughs> Yeah, and then this is fun. Um, apparently, after it was made, it was ma- it was remade in 1971 as a made-for-TV movie, Terror in the Sky, mm-hmm. which is a movie of the week starring Doug McClure, who is 50% of the actors Troy McClure is named after, in The Simpsons, uh, in the Ted in the Ted Striker role, but it was renamed George Spencer, and. You know, and of course it was a parody of Airplane, but it also, because Zero Hour was owned by Paramount Pictures, um, that was why Airplane, uh, also a Paramount feature, was able to use the screenplay almost verbatim. They, I think they paid like $2,500 for the rights. Right. Like nothing. Also, in a case of uh, the snake devouring its own tail, Arthur Haley, the screenwriter who came up with the original story and wrote the novelization, yeah. later wrote a novel in 1968 called Airport, which was turned into a movie called Airport, which started a series of airport movies, oh which were also spoofed by Airplane. So mm-hmm. Arthur Haley really uh, deserves some sort of like credit as the basically the you know like <laughs> the, grandfather the, the, of like he is the the man most responsible for Airport without actually being Air, Airplane without actually being anyone who created Airplane. That's so interesting. I love it. I love it. What else? Uh, that's that's the end of my that's the end of that story. Okay. I think we're gonna go back to the actual be, you know the actual movie itself. Okay. And yeah, we're gonna we're mostly gonna talk about I guess Zero Hour, which I know is a departure, uh, but we're gonna talk about it in relation to Airplane, right. and we'll talk a little bit about like bits and pieces of Airplane as it goes along, because essentially, um, but before we do that, I think it's time for you, you to elevate. No, I said you to. No, you. You, I did it last time. Okay, okay, but mine's gonna be short and funny, and you're okay. gonna feel really bad whenever you have to I fumble because I have a brilliant one. Okay, give me your brilliant one. Okay, airplane, but it's a drama. <laughs> that was what I was gonna say. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. You, you, you shouldn't. Have, you you, you could have pimped me so hard if you'd said that. I'd have been lost. Yeah. But instead, now you're lost. This okay. is what you get. This is why. Okay. This is why when the bus is coming for you, you should just roll and go uh, limp instead know, of trying really to stop should. the bus and put me in front of it. Man, I'm really bad about that. Okay, um, why don't we switch? And I, I'm gonna go ahead and pitch. I'll go ahead and pitch airplane now. 
Oh, okay. Zero, Zero hour, hour, but it's, but a, it's comedy. a comedy. Okay, we're. <laughs> I think we're done here. I think, I, I, think I won both I think pitches. We're fine uh, on I'm that. I'm the champion and, yeah. of uh, Match Rating Space. I knew that was 50 coming. episodes running. I keep winning. <laughs> this whole podcast is just a contest between Everybody, us. Everybody. Uh, you, you, you briefly took the lead in Savannah Smiles. Wait a minute. <laughs> Hold the phone. Hold the phone. Let's just talk about this phone. for a second. I'm checking Twitter. Let's talk about this for a uh, second here. Go on. Uh-huh. I would like to have a mm-hmm. moment here. Yeah. Uh huh. I didn't get into this podcast as a competition. Nobody's scoring points based on like who showed the best movie mm. now because if that were the case based on our followers you would win every time because, because i'm showing the best movies no because you're showing all the movies that are reminders of the things that your friends watched when we were kids or or it's because i'm showing good shit and you're showing me fucking uh i think i'm showing you brilliantly good movies. Yeah, and you've been proven wrong every time when I've won the contest that this podcast is. I, see, and I... I stopped paying attention to you to check Twitter, so I, I, what are we talking about? I did not sign up for this to be a competition. I think you did, and the fact that you're losing does not make that change. I don't think I signed up for that. I'm very confused now. <laughs> anyway. What kind of a podcast have I been a part of for 50 episodes? A cruel, brutal, feral jungle thunderdome of the mind. That's literally what it feels like. Okay, right. Okay, so essentially... Essentially, um, the movie Zero Hour begins (laughs) to change the subject to something else entirely. To try to segue into something Something more fruitful than this. Do you hear that wonderful thumping noise? uh, That's our son. That's our son banging on the crib. He's, um, yeah, he's trying to put himself to sleep. And if that isn't terrifying. knocking himself unconscious. Let me tell you something. If that's not terrifying to you, if you don't have kids, Use that as birth control. Okay, continue. Okay. Um, well, I thought using it, birth control would just be looking at the, the nude photos we, we have up on the website right now. Yeah, Matchmadeinspace.com. <laughs> she doesn't know about it yet. <laughs> I uh, Let me tell you, I'm not going to go check it. So, you know. The only time I check I, that site is to upload shit. I was going to say, I have no interest. For all so. I know, there could be a million bots on it posting penis enlargement ads. There probably are. <laughs> so, uh, okay, um, so zero hour. So zero hour. Zero Hour is, of course, the, the thrilling story, uh, and stop me if you've heard this before, of a pilot named Ted Stryker, who's trying to win the love, uh, love, uh, the love of, uh, of his life back, uh, but she is on an airplane traveling, uh, you know, and he has to get on, on that flight, but he was a pilot in the war and suffers from fairly intense PTSD because he led a mission uh, into, into fog where six men uh, died. You know, not seven because George Zip survives in this version. Yes. Uh, but um, <laughs> anyway, so he had. But anyway, there's food poisoning involving on the plane. Involved on the plane, um, all of the crew uh, had the fish and not the meat. <laughs> and then um, basically, Stryker is the only one on board with any flying experience. But he's never flown an airline, and he's suffering from you know flashbacks. Uh, that appear in front of his face whenever he thinks about uh, the war. And he's talked down by a no-nonsense, gruff former military uh, you know, officer uh, that he worked under in the war, uh, who now works for the airline. And uh, the plane lands safely in the cold, wet city of Vancouver. Vancouver. Because, yes, this is, again, set in Canada, not the U.S. They're not landing in Chicago, from, I guess, L.A.? Is that where they're flying from? I think so, yeah. No, this is they're flying from... 
It's actually not a very long flight, but this is pre-jet, like, like well, it's early jet airliners because they talk about it being a jet airliner, but yeah. it's a prop plane. It's a prop plane. No, maybe it isn't a jet airliner. Maybe you're just talking about it. No, he jets. talks about dad, daddy, would, didn't you fly jets in the war? Yeah, and he yeah. said, we didn't fly jets in the yeah, war. Because, you know, so, uh, but this is, yeah, this is a prop plane apparently because they're flying just from, I believe, Winnipeg. Yeah, that's what I remember. They're, they're flying across the, across the Canadian Rockies from Winnipeg to Vancouver. Is the flight path of this movie? So this and movie, when there's when there's despite the fact all the actors seem to be American or English, yeah, um, it, like you know, it's it it seems everyone seems to be supposed the, to be Canadian. The, the fog situation um, when you're flying through mountains is scary enough, and then if you have somebody who has really never flown a, this particular type of plane before, even more scary. So hooray, and having flashbacks right. or PTSD flashbacks. So you know, um, tension. So yeah. I would like to just start by saying this. I was really surprised by this movie. I was surprised um, for a number of reasons, but the number one thing I was surprised by was it was actually a decent movie. Yeah, I mean, we could we can talk about uh, you know what we really think of the movie as we go on, but yeah. yeah, this is a this is a I mean it's it's a very it's a very nice tightly designed thriller. Um, uh, actually, uh, the story behind supposedly about uh, when the when the Zucker brothers and Abrams uh, like the reason they ended up doing Airplane was they were recording like late night TV to find commercials to parody like they did in like the Kentucky Fried movie previously because that was kind of a lot of their bread and butter comedy right. thing was parodying like dumb commercials and they ended up recording the movie Zero Hour you know for its commercials because they had like an early VCR setup in the 70s you know and when they were watching the movie they were like this is actually a really well crafted script you know and ultimately like like we said because they managed to get the rights so cheaply they made a, a a disaster movie parody and they basically used a lot of the bones of this script even down to huge chunks of dialogue literally like, straight up lifted dialogue it's 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 actually like it's kind of stunning if you're very familiar with airplane as ali is like how much of this movie is is straight like lifted. i was literally like repeating the lines like, before they even came up they're, they're not always said by the same kind of character no no that's what's so interesting like the first scene the, the movie begins like with a actually a narrator telling the story about um about Ted Stryker being a pilot uh, leading this Canadian and they actually show you the a Canadian RA yeah. uh, like an RAF detachment uh, led by Canadian off you know like pilot uh, Ted Stryker and you know it shows like a lot of like World War II stock footage but like you know that it was the it was the bombing raid over Daiquiri you know uh, <laughs> but not Daiquiri it right. was you know I can't remember which German city it was but they were they were bombing they were bombing and they were they were flying over the Alps there was fog uh, it was his call to whether to continue the mission or not. Uh, they went in and six pilots crashed in the fog. Yes. You know, so. And died. And died. So those men were lost. And then he came back kind of a shell of the man he was. There's a whole big talk with like one of his officers talking to him and uh, with the incident. And then you see him going out for a job. It is now 1956. Yes. Um, and he's going out for a job. It's been, you know, it's been, you know, all, over a decade since the war. And. He's like he and there and he's there's a, someone talking to him. And it's actually in this is dialogue that Elaine says in the in to him in airplane about you know like he's like he's like you got to give me this chance you know it's like you know it's my you know like you know you know like like he he can't get a job because of his war record and the guy's like it's not your war record it's what you did after the war you know and the dialogue that's delivered so like passionlessly wooden in the airplane things. Like anytime a character in airplane is being very dead serious, 
like, and the lines sound really, really dead serious. Those are probably zero hour lines. Yeah. Like almost throughout. There are so many, like we, we tried to take note of all of them, but at a certain point it became easier to be like, well, what's not in there? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, you know, like, but, um, but like he's being told like, it's not his record. It's the fact that he's bounced like 10 jobs in 12 years. You know, it's like he, you know, he has no, like, it's like, it's that he can't be relied on. Right. And that can't it's, accept it's, responsibility. he can't accept responsibility. And if he can't accept responsibility, whatever, but he's been given a chance. The guy, the guy agrees to give him a chance. So he goes home excitedly to tell his wife, Ellen, his wife, Ellen, yeah. and his son, Joey, Joey. that, uh, you know, that he's got, that he's got a line on a, on a, on a real decent job finally. And when he gets home, he finds, oh, there's a Dear John letter. And. You know, I read your letter, blah, you know, blah, yeah. blah, blah, from Airplane. He's Yeah, he reads the note from her where basically she's, like, he learns that she's taken Johnny, Joey. Joey. Joey, Johnny's a different character entirely yes. in both movies. Uh, Johnny is in both movies. Uh, but uh, she's taken Joey and they're going to fly for, I can't remember what, who they're seeing in Vancouver or why they're flying to Vancouver. Maybe I don't, I don't know. sister or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's ever actually said it exactly not, why. Told, yeah. It might not be told. But anyway, he races the airport. You see him look at her through the chain link fence. As they're boarding the plane, you don't see him buy a ticket. But this is 1957, so he probably bought it right at the door. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably bought it from the stewardess. Probably. <laughs> you know, like so he he basically gets like buys the ticket, gets on the plane. So just a couple of deviations here between regular airplane and um, this movie. First of all, obviously Ted is. I don't think they're married. They're not married. They're not married. No, they're just yeah. dating. They they're don't just have a dating. child. They don't have a child, and they're not married. Now, there is a but Joey. this is 1957. Yes, 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 of course. No, and her name is Ellen. And, um, Versus Elaine. Elaine, who is Julie Haggerty's character in Airplane. And also, in Airplane, they make Julie Haggerty one of the crew members. She's a steward. They, they, they combine she, her role with... More like, although Peggy King is kind of more like she's the other the stewardess. Randy. Yeah. She's more like the Randy. Yeah. Because she's a stewardess. And Peggy King was actually a nightclub entertainer uh, and singer. Yeah. Uh, like, this is her movie debut, but she was already a celebrity. I know they um, use the word stewardess in the movies, but we should probably use flight attendant. I'm going to say stewardess because they're always different. <laughs> I'm going to say it because that's what they say in the movie. I'm sorry. I, I like that. That's the job title. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Should I, should, I, should I refer to, uh, I can't come up with a good joke. Fine, I'll say flight attendant, but I say it feels weird because the movie itself is well, so When 1950s. it's lines from the movie, you can say it. All right, well, all right. So anyway, uh, <laughs> so in this one, clearly um, Ellen and Joey are just passengers on the flight versus in Airplane when Elaine is actually a flight crew right. member. And, there's and, and the, the child, like... Uh, Joey is a child, uh, it, you know, like they break that into a separate family. Yes. Weirdly in, enough, in a separate family is warped into like the Joey's parents being sick is done in the same way that other couple that gets sick. Um, although they gender swap who gets sick, the wife gets really sick and the husband. No, because Ellen doesn't, Ellen doesn't get sick and neither does Ted. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the parents yeah. in airplane. Yes. Are, are actually a couple that's on the plane. Yes. In shots in the other thing where yes. a couple gets sick, but they don't have a kid. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I'm not talking about airplane. I'm always going to be talking about zero hour unless I stress airplane because this is this episode is not about airplane. Yeah, but you confused me because of the way you put it. Um, but anyway, yeah. Except that what's interesting, and I'm going to bring up airplane on this, is that even though both the parents in airplane, Joey's parents, both order the fish, this is important. The only person who actually gets sick. Is the husband? She, I think she never ate the fish. I think she ate well, they actually else. they actually say well they don't show that, but they actually do say at one point there's no guarantee you'll get sick if you ate it. That's in that's in zero hour. That they yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm yeah. talking about zero. Hour. Yeah, I'm 100 percent talking about yeah. zero hour. Yeah, 
Like I think there's like there's a whole thing in it. Remember I said if I'm not stressed, yeah. I'm talking about in Zero Hour. There's a whole thing where they they stress that like like the fish is obviously po- is contaminated. Something's wrong with it. But like you know, it's like one of those things where like some people are more susceptible than others. Yeah. You know, there's the potential like you know like there's no there's no hard guarantee everyone's gonna get since, sick. And they they run that with the pilot actually. That that scenario gets run because the entire flight crew eats fish, and much like in airplane, the pilot's the last one to go. Yeah. The zero hour is drawn out a lot longer. Yes. Like, you know, there that, but uh, ultimately, like, there's this thing of I could get sick at any time with the pilot, but he's the the pilot's fine for a while. Yeah. Even though, like, the scene where they announce it could be the fish, he's like, I had the fish, but like, there's there's like more scenes of him flying for a while yeah. after that before 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 he starts succumbing to the symptoms. Right. So uh, the. So the so in the so sorry let's back up so back in zero hour back in where at we're this at, point he's on the plane and yes. this is where we kind of introduce some of the other all the other characters you're going to see on the plane right most of which don't really have names um, except for Randy and uh, Tony I think is her her fiance her fiance yeah like or her boyfriend that she yeah. wants to be a that's fiance. right he hasn't he hasn't proposed and her Tony's yet. a nightclub performer and Tony's uh, played by now I gotta I I, I gotta find the guy the actor's name it's something paris like jerry paris i think is the name of the guy and he actually is he's not like super well known but he's probably best known uh to fans of the dick van dyke show he plays their neighbor who's a dentist yeah i I think their neighbor is i think his name is jerry on 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 there as well so but he's uh but um like yeah he's like a nightclub performer and he's like honey i gotta hit it like he's like i gotta make my big break i can't support i want to support you in class he's like you gotta marry me you know it's a these old-fashioned movies you know they, they always have a you know like this is an old fashioned. It's a fifties movie, 50s so movie. like you know, the women want to get married, you know, you know, you know, and he's 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 shown as he's a nice, sweet, loving guy, but he doesn't want to commit necessarily, and he's a like, you know, he wants to like he's focused on his career, right? You know, um, so. I think in weird in a weird way, and we can get more delve more into this later, but I think that he's one of the heroes of this movie. Oh yeah, he's yeah, I he is a much actually, more yeah, he's and he's not he doesn't really appear. No, he doesn't really like, have a, a character. A in character the, in airplane. Yeah, like he's 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 yeah, he's definitely one of the uh, the more heroic characters. Yeah. He doesn't get sick. He does not he, get sick. I think he, he, he probably orders. He the orders meat. the meat. Um, neither does and not the, uh, obviously the, the 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 flight attendant does not eat. Uh, right. Uh, what's her name? What's her name in this? It's not. It's not Randy. Janet, I think. Oh, maybe Janet. Janet. Yeah, Janet Turner. Yeah. Yeah, none of the names are really the same other than Ted Stryker. Yeah. Uh, well, Ellen and Elaine. I think Ellen, I think they changed Ellen to Elaine because I think at, at that time in the late 70s, I feel like Ellen was an older person's yeah. name and Elaine was more likely to be a younger person's name. Sure. You know, like kind of like, you know, names go through cycles. You yeah. Know, like, like there was no one in their 20s named Lily. Right. When we were children. Now there's many, Now there's plenty of lilies. Many a lily. You know, many, many, many a lily. Yeah. There's you know, like there's lilies a, blossoming there's everywhere. Betty's are coming back. Betty's you know, are Betty, coming Betty back. Betty was an old lady name. Sadie is coming back. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. <laughs> I refuse to believe that. Enid is no, I hope Enid's no, coming I back. I don't, I don't think Enid's, Enid's coming, coming back. back. Um but um so there's this whole deal where they they're they're gradually figuring out people are getting sick. Joey's one of the first actually to get sick. Yes. Like Joey doesn't get sick in the uh they switch in airplane they switch who gets the fish and who gets the meat. It, you know the parents uh, have the have the fish and and Joey has the steak in in, in airplane, airplane and in zero, zero hour, hour Joey has Joey the Joey has the fish, fish gets and sick the, and the parents have the meat and Dana Andrews uh, Ted Stryker and Ellen well yeah he never ends up eating it but yeah. he orders the meat yeah they don't ever show him eating no you know it's possible he did but like they don't really show it 
you know, and yeah, and he's of course trying to talk to his wife, and she tells, she gives him the whole respect speech that's in airplane. You know, like if I don't respect, you know, how can I love a man who I don't respect, mm. and everything like that. You know, and you know, and he's like giving the I can change. You know, you could do the real dialogue, but I, like, I could. You know, I'm not necessarily saying you should, but you I'm could, not gonna. You know, and I was so, given strict rules to you know. No, I, I, it. I think I was. Called, I think it was just don't tell the jokey lines. Uh-huh. You could talk about dialogue. Uh-huh. You know, real dialogue. Uh-huh. I just don't. I just. I'm just saying. You know. You know. Like people have seen either people have seen Airplane or you're gonna spoil the comedy for them. Either way. <laughs> uh-huh. She's so angry at me. I'm not angry at you. Yeah. I'm just listening. So anyway, yeah. So yeah, you could you could talk more. Can I? Yeah. You oh, okay. Can. I was. You have to interrupt me. Okay. I interrupt you. you I was me. listening. I was. All right. listening. <laughs> no, no, I'm just giving you the business. So so we're at this point now where. Joey, uh, before Joey gets sick, he actually does go up to the cockpit and meet the pilots, which in this one, so in Zero Hour, there's a co-pilot and a pilot. You may have forgotten this. No, you may have forgotten this. In Airplane, there's the co-pilot and the pilot, but there's also a navigator. Mm -hmm, That's not true Yeah, there's not this one. No, there's just a pilot and a co-pilot. Right. So, and and I think you forget about him because he's only really referenced a couple of times in the beginning. It's really just so they could do the, the over... Over Victor Vector. Yeah, but Roger, also I Roger. think, but I think also they were being true to what kind of a plane it would yeah. have. They would have a navigator right. on that plane. Right. Yeah, I think that's probably why back yeah. in 1957 prop plane they didn't have one. Right, exactly. Yeah, right. there was. There's no. Yeah, there's no like real hard like rules on that. Um, the pilot, by the way, is played uh, by you know uh, El- Elroy Hirsch, uh, known as Crazy Legs, who uh, he was a former pro football player. In, Which uh, is funny you know, when you think about the the. The fact that you have the co-pilot in Airplane is played by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, exactly. I, I just realized, oh, my God, I just realized that. You just made that connection? I didn't realize that. Yeah, professional athletes playing, yeah. yeah. But he plays the but he plays the, the, the Peter co- Graves character. Yes, he plays the this. Peter Graves character. And, you know, and he does have, he has, like, a handsome pilot kind of thing. I mean, he's not a great actor, but he has yeah. a competent enough job. Yeah. You know, as the pilot, like, but there is when jo- when Joey comes to the cockpit to talk, and he comes up with actually uh, Dana Andrews uh, yes. with Ted Stryker. Um, I keep calling him Dana Andrews because I, I keep thinking about the, you know, uh, like I know him mainly from the opening song to Rocky Horror Picture Show. Ah, Dana Andrews said prunes yeah. gave him the runes. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that, but um, yeah, he had a long acting career in the fifties, and he kind of went into a decline uh, through to like, but he acted up through the eighties. Um, but yeah, he was like he was a fair, fairly big marquee star in like the late forties, early fifties, uh, and then gradually kind of, you know, his career petered out. But um, he has that very 1950s leading man look yes. where he's not, not like not like matinee idol handsome, but like kind of a rugged regular dude. He was your dra- he was your dramatic like, like leading like, man. Yeah, he looked like a sitcom dad to an extent. You know. But a little bit more dark. Yeah. Right. He he was younger than he probably looked on screen because yeah. everyone then was much older. Yeah. You know, he looked like he was like forty eight, but he was probably like in his like early thirties, <laughs> I would guess at this point in time. Um let's actually let's see how old he was. Yeah, he was born in. Oh no, he's a little older than that. He was he was almost fifty. He oh. was actually. Wow. Holy shit! He was forty eight. I called it. He, he looked his age. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> I I called it from a mile off. Yeah, he was born in nineteen oh nine. This movie came out nineteen fifty seven. Damn, dude, from from half court. This is such an interesting <laughs> thing. I just realized too. I mean, yes, it was. It's a nineteen fifty sevens movie, so it's obviously going to be in black and white. But a lot of times you watch older black and white movies, and you really are aware that they're in black and white. Like, yeah. it's almost like they don't, the, there's nothing in it that would, it, it doesn't It doesn't lend itself to having imagination of color. It's almost like because they knew it was going to be black and white, so they didn't yeah. care. I didn't feel that way about this movie. I felt like I was, I could, I could visualize what things looked like. In yeah, everyone was wearing gray suits and we were in a gray airplane. <laughs> 
it, Remember it, it said there'd be three gray lights that light up, and you know, I was like, yeah, they are they are gray. There's very, there's very, that's not common. Like, I, I, I would, you know, I mean, we use our imaginations color-wise, but I feel like the, sometimes it's like, well, it doesn't matter because they're just going to see it in black and white. Whereas this, I felt like they kind of, it, it mattered enough that I actually could visualize no, the it's color. No, it's, it's interesting because I never, I, I did not have anywhere near that experience. Hmm. I just thought of it like I, I, but the thing is, you got to remember aesthetically, I like black and white. Yeah. So I, I, I like value. I'm more interested in that than in color nine yeah. times out of ten. So like, like it was to me, it was just a black and white movie that was shot well and shot really with black shot and white well. uh, as its intent. I mean, there's some times when it got a little silly. There's definitely stock footage that doesn't match. Oh yeah. You know, and there's definitely parts where they did the old movie trick of let's speed up the the footage to make cars look faster. Yes. You know, and things like that. Which they use that trope in airplane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's but it's straight up like it it's it's like. The comedic effect of it in an airplane is, it's not meant for comedic effect Correct. in zero hour. And it actually works fine as long as you accept, like, the limitations of the time. Right. Like, it, like, like when you I don't get, go into it thinking it's going to be like a movie when of I go 2012 into, or something But like when that. I watch a movie from that time period, I'm, I'm pretty good at going, okay, like, of knowing what's a good effect for the time. Well, sure. Because I've watched enough really cheap movies from the 50s, like, really low-budget movies. I know what a low-budget effect looks like, yeah. and I know what a... This is just limitations of the time. Sure. Like, this had nothing to do. This isn't a low budget feature. This is just, you know, this isn't half ass. This is just what like good effects look like at the time. Nothing in this movie is half ass. Like there's model work with the plane that isn't perfect, but it's of its time completely acceptable. It's very interesting too if you think about it um, as a well made script, as in that it's actually got tension and it's got you know a rising yeah. action and falling blah blah blah. The what I find really interesting too is that bizarrely enough almost could work as a stage play yeah it's well it's very it's very li- well it's limited sets limited it's an airplane sets. it's cockpit yeah and then it's uh, i mean there's a couple of other places in sets but you but almost it, don't even need those you don't really need them you need obviously you need the, the, the control room yeah but even like if you're doing like a limited like if you did like a kind of a more fluid set black box thing where like a spotlight comes up yes. on a bed on the half of the screen for yes. a minute where the, when, when they're calling the wife and then yeah. it fades back, back up, up yeah you know like you could yeah you could definitely you could definitely make a stage version of this I'm not really sure how you do all the. Well, you could do it. Uh, could do I, I wouldn't. I'm not going to think about it. Like yeah, that, I'm not yeah. going to think about like the the logistics of that right now. We'll have yeah. to save that for our exciting stage musical of Zero Hour. That's oh completely God. not a comedy. <laughs> wow. Like not a comedy at all. Like, not a not, comedy. Like, it was nothing to Airplane, <laughs> you know. Um, but um, but yeah, uh, and there there are some. But speaking of, of comedy, there is some humor in it. You yes. Because it's a you know it's a it's an old movie. They they always throw in. There's some stock comedic characters kind of floating around in the uh, in the plane. They're the three men on a trip. Yeah. The one old uh, the one old dude who I think was I think he was British. The the, you know, I the one he was Irish. Maybe he was supposed to be Irish. Yeah, yeah. But he was talking about football, and I don't think it was I I don't think he was talking about American slash Canadian football. I yeah. think he was talking about soccer. Soccer. Because like the way like, but he was like, but like he was like an old like I, yeah I think he was Irish, he was but Irish. like yeah can't have, but his accent was that sort of vague faint sort of accent you yeah. hear in a movie. Where it could be anything, yeah. <laughs> you know, like because it's done to be clear enough for Middle American ears to understand, right? Yeah, because though though this is set in Canada, this is clearly an American movie. Yeah, you know, um, but um, well, you don't want like a Kerry old farmer like doing your accents, yeah, exactly. you know? But like, <laughs> but like off. he's got like an actual big ass bottle of whiskey that he's drinking. Then he offers the other one. Remember the guy yes. who took the shot, like took the the swig and offers the woman a, a drink in airplane, and she turns him down like disgustedly, and then does and a then line she of does blow. a line of coke, yeah. Yeah, but it's that, but she just looks really like, yeah, no, thank you, yeah. you know? Yes. But like, so he's there being like, being like, 
He, of course, orders the fish. Yes. Um, and, you know, there's, but yeah, there's all sorts of, uh, you know, like, there's a couple other, like, people floating around, like, you know, like the, the, the woman who, uh, there's, there is the woman who goes into hysterics and yes. gets shaken. That seed is in there. It is in there. Um, I, I, I don't know exactly know when, because I haven't looked at my notes. Let's yeah. see if I can find, like, where it's, we're it's at. It's about the same time in the movie that it is an airplane. And, it, you know, she starts to freak out. In the movie, an airplane, it's actually Joey's mother. In, in Zero Hour, it's just some random woman who's been hysterical for a lot of the flight. And she just gets worse and worse. And then what's interesting, though, is that um, she actually ends up, there's a glass Thing? Oh, she ends up hurting her hand yeah, on glass. Yeah, she breaks because, well, her hand. Uh, like on like the emergency yeah. glass thing. Yeah, because, well, you know, this is an older plane. Like back, like like our entire life, everything served in a plane is either in plastic, plastic or, or wrapped, yeah. uh, you know, it's something. But they have, like, there's actual, like, when they get coffee, they're like, it, well, airplane still gives regular coffee cups too. But like they've got like. They look like, plastic they have pla- to me. An airplane? Yeah. Well, when that little boy brings the cups over, those are definitely. Real I guess China you're right. Cups. Yeah, um, but like when this, when the, when the, the flight attendant comes by, like like she's handing out like these are like restaurant quality like yeah, they're real mugs and plates, and plates yeah. like for the meals. You know, it's a full on like meal. Yeah. You know, um, I I did want to point out um, uh, all the scenes in airplane of Ted Stryker being really sweaty. This is a very sweaty yes. movie. They, this they movie definitely they show are, the sweat. Like Dana Andrews is sweating. From near the beginning, when he gets on the plane, he starts sweating. Yes, like he's, his nerves are. This movie clear. is, and I, 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 it's later in my notes, but since I've kind of we've been jumping around, I this movie is for the 1950s, and admittedly, it is military related, so it's a little more likely. But the term didn't even exist then. This movie is actually a really good depiction of PTSD. Oh yeah, like. When he starts, like it's it's a little. I think they it's called not, it shell shock. Well, though. yeah, they probably yeah. did. They called it shell shock after World War One, and I don't think there was a new term for it yet in the fifties. Yeah, but whatever. Like, but they're actually showing it in a very realistic and f- usually fairly sympathetic yeah. manner. Yeah, yeah, it's really it's like dark. When, when, and... Like, there's numerous times when he just gets caught in a reverie and he starts reliving the event, and they do it like they do an airplane, where you see his face like superimposed. and then superimposed over like the footage of airplanes. It's obviously. In airplane, it's done for much more comedic effect. They get like the footage gets older and like more ridiculous yeah. as, as time goes on. But um, and wow, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Apparently, our son is being attacked by a yeti. But I, I, I'm sure he can hold his own. Yeah, he's fine. Um, but like, yeah, but like he's yeah he's got like the like he'll like but yeah he's he's obviously like yeah he's responding very physically. To his surroundings, well, and it's and it yeah, it, it's like I mean they obviously do a super huge parody of an airplane where he's like dumping water off his face, but he's very right, sweaty. sweaty. He's very nervous a lot of the times. Like the the responses overwhelm him, so he gets lost sometimes yes. in reverie. Uh, and then they have events, to and they have to like, get him like, out of shake it. him out of it. I was gonna say too that um, if just doing a comparison between watching it and uh, watching the airplane movie and seeing that what's done for comedic effect. Having really thinking back and and understanding now PTSD in a way that I didn't when I was you know five and six and seven and eight and watching this movie like every day at lunchtime or whatever, uh, I see it in a much more I don't know it's like seeing that PTSD stuff even is done for comedic effect is actually really intense because it's dark man like yeah I mean he's it's, responsible yes it's funny even in but a comedy he's responsible for the deaths of six se- men seven seven. 
George Zip, Zip died <laughs> yeah. this morning. This morning. Lieutenant Zip died this yeah. morning. Yeah, they don't say George Zip till later no. because it, it turned into a, a George joke. Zip t- said that. Who went one for yeah. the zipper? That uh, pilot's yes. name is George Zip. But, um, and speaking of Dr. Rumack from Airplane, uh, this is uh, Dr. What is his, uh, Dr. Baird is the doctor for this movie. And he was played by uh, a British actor uh, named Jeffrey Toon, who did a lot of things. He was in the original King and I mo- movie. Um, he's also, uh, he was in a couple of, he was in both one of the 60s Doctor Who movies and he was in a Doctor Who serial. He was, for a long time, he died at the age of 94 in, in like, in, like, like I think 2004. Good on him. Uh, for a while, he was the oldest actor to have ever been in, in, in um, a Doctor Who episode, wow. like the longest lived Doctor Who alumni. But, um, but he plays Dr. Baird. He is, um, the scene where the Doctor is woken up um, is 100% the dialogue. Like, I, would it, like asking around for a doctor, oh, yeah. and it's like, uh, excuse me, the man sitting next to me, I think he's a doctor. Um, he's asleep, and they, they do the whole thing of waking him up. You know? Would you like me to do the lines? You can do the lines if you want, but I mean, I, I, I'm uh, fine. Excuse me, the man sitting next to me is a doctor. Excuse me, I'm sorry to wake you. Are you a doctor? That's right. Now, and there's a joke where he's got like the stethoscope the in that, right, like, yeah, but he's exactly. just, but he ends up like, but other than that, he's and they he's, shoot it differently in airplane. They shoot it at the front where you see his face when they come back around. Whereas in zero hour, it's most of it's shot from behind Yeah, where you don't see him until after that. So yeah. you don't see the stethoscope. Yeah. Because right there's either. no stethoscope. Yeah. Cause it's not he's a just joke. A doctor. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like, and he goes around, he does, he does the scene where he talks to the, the sick woman and she says, show me your tongue. No egg comes out. Yes. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, like no close magic from Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. Uh, but, um, um, but yeah, but otherwise, Doctor Doctor Baird is uh, again one of the heroes of the movie. Yes, he's. Uh, I mean, he keeps a level head throughout, um, and he's basically going around helping helping everyone he can, um, the best he can. He he's the one who goes up to the pilot, and the, when they realize the pilot's eating fish, he helps him by, well, giving him morphine. Yes, he you know, to him help him, to help him stave off food poisoning, morphine. which I'm not sure if that's good medicine. Dun 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 Sorry about that. We we had a good reason, but we had to take a break. And what's that? It's a short pause in activity, but that's not important right now. And speaking of that, uh, that joke actually does appear as a not joke in the movie Zero Hour. Yes. The doctor does actually say, but that's not important right now. Yes. <laughs> in it's a, kind of a brilliant uh, moment. And it delivered almost exactly the way Leslie Nielsen does. Oh, um, so good. A lot of the, a lot of the, even the joke lines in this movie are uh, like they're actually taken from the very serious dialogue and just like dumb jokes thrown, like thrown into them. Right. We did actually ta- have to take a break of several days because we were interrupted by our son being awake and then we just sort of had to <laughs> roll with it because yeah. we did not have another time to record. Um, so but we're yeah. here. <laughs> so um, uh, what is... 
I, I'm trying to think where Go we ahead. were in the movie. Um, yeah. The doctor has just shown up. I know um, they, have, they, they, they haven't quite gotten to calling uh, Trey Levin yet because he's right. a little later in my notes. Right. I, I think at this point I was just so blown away. I just have a note that says, this is mind-blowing because watching it is like, I mean, there's some of the angles on this are sh- like the like shot the for shots. Shot. Sh- yeah. It's not just the script. No. Like a lot of the shots are done the same way. Yeah. A lot of the effects are some done the same way. We probably talked about this, but I'm a little, yeah. we only like listened to the last couple of seconds of yeah. this. So if I repeat, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, no, it's true though. It's it's bizarrely, it's it's a really good, uh, what what is it? Um, I mean, it's like, a parody. Like a parody, but of, it's a but, but it's a good it's parody. A good parody. It, it's like a parody. Even even if it weren't funny, yeah, the way it's shot would be a traditional parody because right. it is actually, even if it wasn't done for laughs. And it's interesting. It's, it's an imitation in so many ways. And we so talked about shots. this a little bit earlier that you know they are taking from other. Uh, you know, the airport movies as well. There are Mm -hmm. pieces that are taken from that as well. But it it really, you can see that this is such a love letter to Zero Hour. Yeah, and like, yeah. Like, they they definitely, I mean, it's, I mean, Zero Hour is is very melodramatic and they definitely are poking fun at it. But like, it's got such a solid structure. And they definitely, they definitely watched it a bunch when they were making the script. And they, they are very, they put, they keep so much of it. Yeah. It's really amazing how much it repurposes. Um, so around this time, this is when we're introduced to a character that there is no direct name correlation, but there's like a 95% character correlation here, and that is uh, Trelevin. Um, I can't remember his full, I think he was a colonel or maybe something. Uh, like, he, he has a rank. Are you talking about the Robert Stack character? But, but, but Well, in this one, it, this is the Sterling Hayden character. Right, right. But it's gay. Yeah, he, he is Robert Stack's character, Murdoch. Uh, not, not uh, no, that's not Murdoch. That's, Murdoch um, is, uh, is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Rex, uh, Rex Kramer. Get me Rex Kramer. Yep. They do like call me call 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 so and so Trelevin. Yeah. Uh, calling you know call me Trelevin or whatever it is. And uh, so then we're coming. So he is yeah he is basically he's mostly Robert Stack's character, but he's right. a little bit of the Lloyd Bridges character Steve too. Steve McCroskey. You know, McCroskey. Uh, there's another character who's also kind of McCroskey. McCroskey is kind of spread out amongst he the is. characters. It's his lines. There's no one. one pure McCroskey. There is like this actor with eyebrows whose name I escapes me. I I, I, look, I had it up. Uh, oh, Charles Quinlivan. Uh-huh. Uh, Harry Burdick is his character's name. He's the closest thing to a McCroskey. Yeah. He's like a, this unshaven. Like I will say, everyone over the course of these hours, everyone needs a shave by the end. Oh of the yeah. Like, like he he definitely looks like by the end of the movie he looks like he shaved with a clown. <laughs> Like it is like, and and he, and he has some serious like Eugene Levy eyebrows to be. Oh with, yeah, you know for but, sure. Um, and you know like, but I was also going to say just to interrupt you really quickly that Trelevin actually takes the line. Uh, yeah, I was going to say wrong. Oh, right. We, we haven't gotten quite to that in the script, yeah. but yes, he 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 has that. He has the McCroskey line about quitting smoking Smoke, because yeah. he borrows a cigarette and it looks like I picked the wrong, wrong week, week to quit, quit smoking. smoking. You know, and he definitely does like the same sort of drag and like yeah. you know. And Sterling Hayden is definitely performing it very much like Robert Stack, and I don't think I don't think Robert Stack is in any way like parodying Sterling Hayden's no. performance so much as they both have, have the that same sort feel. of like yes. military bearing and like. They're they're not gonna take any like they're not gonna take any shit. I mean, at the time, uh, he was one of he was on the Untouchables at that time, and I think if I that is there was a weird piece of trivia that I cannot remember now. Maybe it was Quinn Livin. One of these actors uh, was, and I think I think it was Charles Quinn Livin. Um, uh, Nope. Nope, uh, not not him. They have um, there's a one of the actors in in Zero Hour yeah. was one of the cops from the Untouchables oh, from, right. the, from the late fifties early sixties, yeah. which Robert Stack 
played that's uh, we Elliot Ness on. That's like, right. That was, was Robert Stack's big. I, maybe we already mentioned it on here. And but I'm, you know what's interesting is that the both Robert Stack and I guess it's Quinn Levin who plays Trill. Trill Levin. Trill Levin. plays Harry. Oh, Burdick. he plays right Burdick. So whoever plays. Trelevitt. It's uh, Sterling Hayden. From, Sterling uh, Hayden. From, yes, uh, yes, you, yes. You would know him uh, from uh, he's uh, the the general general uh, uh, Buck Turgidson from not Turgidson that's uh, George C. Scott General uh, Jack D. Ripper from uh, from Doctor Strangelove. Right, 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 right. So, you but know, my point he's, is but that he's got that sort of very well, they, military. They all have that very military gravitas uh, and and performative almost. You know, like you can tell that they've been in the military and they've uh, they've they've commanded. A, a, a group, you oh, know, you mean the characters? I, I think that the actors. I'm like, no, I don't know no, 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 no. I'm talking about the. I'm talking about the characters that and the actors that they chose ha, to have that command. Yeah, Sterling. Well, Star, again, the only I, again, I know Sterling Hayden's been in a ton of movies. Like he's been in a lot of westerns and stuff. Yeah. Um, but the only movies off the top of my head I immediately like knew him from was Doctor Strangelove, where he's playing a general. Right. And in obviously Trelevin, like while he's working for the airport now. Like like so many war pilots went in and joined the aeros you know like the air you know the what is it the just flight industry uh-huh. the, like the commercial flight industry is right. what I was trying to say you know but he's very like he's very much just a military man in his bearing and very stiff and upright but I want to talk about the, the scene where the, where they contact Eleven because you don't really get this little bit of drama in airplane and I kind of. It's kind of weird that this was not parodied in Airplane. Yeah. Because this scene is so weird in Zero Hour. Because they, like, there's no reason for it other than to find a reason to delay getting in touch with Trelevin. Oh, Trelevin's right. Trelevin's not home. Yeah. And what they do, so they call <laughs> his babysitter. Wacky. And this is 1957, wacky. remember? The very early days of rock and roll. And she is watching, she's, she's listening, she's on TV like she's watching, she's watching TV. TV, and on the TV is a clear, obvious Elvis parody. Like it's this dude, um, like swinging his hips, swing, and, like yeah. really over the top hip yeah. swinging. It's very obviously it was obviously it was Square Hollywood's idea of what a cool rock and roller would be, and what a teenager would be what watching. A teenager would be watching. Well, I'm a teenager would be watching Elvis. Yeah. No, I know. But like, it's just kind of funny because around this same very time, like Elvis wasn't allowed to shake his hips on te- television. You know, he, was, yeah. like, he wasn't allowed to do it the first time he was on Sullivan. They shot him from the hips up, right? You know, from the waist up, so you wouldn't wouldn't be able to see that. <laughs> and it's just it's very funny to like to see that, and it it doesn't. Like if anyone follows me on uh, on Twitter for the last few months knows I've been on a we- crazy Elvis kick of listening to like throughout his career. So it's just kind of funny that watching to see this very early days of Elvis parody. You know they don't yeah. give him a name and, no. he's, and he's, he's he's very small on the he's screen. He's almost like blurry in the saw, background. He's credited somewhere. I was I, I remember, uh, uh, who played him, but I, I cannot for the it's life so of me bizarre. figure but out. But the thing like, that's so weird about it is that so in in Airplane. They, they they send a dude to go to Kramer's house to go pick him up. And then there's a whole... And we can talk about that later, but there's a whole thing about that. But in this one... Kramer just shows up. I'm not Kramer. Um, no. They they call the babysitter. The babysitter has to tell them where they are. And then we do this weird-ass shot. It's where, a huge jump cut. Yeah. Another weird jump cut to, like, jazz music. Yeah, jazz music. And then they're obviously, like, dancing at this ball. Yeah. Like, him and, and like his it's wife. It's a direct cut to, like... Yeah. Which kind of, I guess, it looks kind of like the joke about being on instruments from airplane, but it's not really the same look. It's just, but it is this weird cut to a dude playing a trumpet yeah. so fast. It's like yeah. this jump cut. I laughed strange. out loud. And yeah. those are, neither of those two things are parodied in no. airplane. And both of them are 
fucking ridiculous. Like, I can't possible... believe there's not a thing of them trying to call like the the babysitter with like some like, like maybe they they cut a scene where there was something ridiculous going on on the TV in yeah. the background, even crazier than like this Elvis right. guy. And by the way, his his hip shaking was so over the top and clownish. It was yeah. like you know, like I can't even describe it. I'm trying to like act it out in front of Ali. <laughs> it looks very bad. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, 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 thank you. I'm I'm thankful that none of you can see it. <laughs> yeah, you, you, I, yeah, um, be, because they be, they'd be trying to steal me from you. That's what it um, is. But and, and also around this time, before he gets before he when he first shows up, we're introduced to the character that Jonathan Banks, uh, as a bit of trivia, plays in. Uh, you know, you know, Mike from uh, Breaking Bad and uh, Better Call Saul. Uh, plays in uh, airplane, but this is the. They, he doesn't really have a name in this, he, but I, I call him the cool radar the operator because cool everyone else in this movie, because it's the fifties, everyone else is in very nineteen fifties clothes. You know, like fifties office clothes. They're all in like suits and ties. You know, uh, uh, Trillivan's in like that military military like like pilot's outfit with the cap and yes. like you know and everything like like a uh, you know like uh, Kramer wears. Yeah. And, but then this this radar operator's in like like a leather bomber jacket and he's just like he's not cool but he's, he's dressed so like a cool dressed dude. Dressed like a cool dude. <laughs> like, I want to. Like, I want to. Guy like draws your eyes because he's way cooler than everyone else around. He's like cool dude in a leather jacket, but he runs the radar. <laughs> I want to ru- run back really quickly to when you said they didn't parody that. The only thing that I can think of that maybe they took that idea and then served it up in a totally different way is in Airplane when uh, Stryker is. Telling, he's telling the story of how he and Elaine met and he's in the bar and it's the seediest dive on the wharf is what they mm-hmm. said and then you see this woman walking by and you, you think that she's going to be a stripper or something and then they pan up and she's fully dressed and she's just playing a trumpet. Yeah. So that's the only moment yeah, that maybe. I think might have been like, was, oh, we can But this was like such a quick jump It was. It was like, so it was weird. so jarring. It's so bizarre. Like, very funny. It's poorly um, edited in that moment. Right. Yeah. And then we, we get like the, the, the quick smoke. And, and yeah, and, and then we kind of plot wise, we get very much what happens in Airplane. You know? Yes. He's, he, you know, he's going to end up, he's ultimately going to end up calling, you know, um, oh shoot, I forgot. Strike. Oh, it's still Stryker. They're both named Stryker. Yeah. He's going to end up calling Stryker and they're going to do the whole, like there's whole swaths of dialogue about I don't like you. And, like, whatever, yeah, you know, they like, know each other. And know, they, you know, yeah. like, the whole we know each other, you know, they don't do the whole thing where he leaves the mic on and tells them how, like, lack of trust. <laughs> but like, but there's a lot of that. Like, and, and at this point, by the way, Stryker's wife is on radio. Yes. As she's come up, like, and, uh, and the, the, and this uh, pissed the, me the, off. The ventriloquist guy. Did we mention he's a ventriloquist? But the performer boyfriend. The performer boyfriend. Like yeah. he. Like, did we talk about his weird ass? Um, Patty the Irish hand puppet. puppet which yet. is another thing that, like, how did that not get up an airplane? Like, like the uh, the stewardess's like boyfriend yeah. has got like he's obvi- like he talks about being a nightclub performer, and he has this weird hand puppet that like kind of talks like Senior Winces, but like the thumb is the mouth, but right. he has like these like long hair, it's, and he's named Patty, and he has a bad Irish accent. Really and the weird. guy is clearly a real ventriloquist because yeah. you see him doing. He it, does and he a does good that. job. He does like competent ventrilo. Like you can see, like he's got the teeth through yeah. the teeth talking. You know, yeah. you can see he's doing it though. You know, it's not like something where they right. kind of faked it for the movie. Right. You know? Like he's obviously like done that sort of stuff, and it is just so weird because he's like it's so like hello there, well, how are you doing? And they set you that know? up because the deal is he he does that to to Joey, but then when he finds out that Joey is sick, what happens is, is I I get angry at this point because it's like the the mother leaves her son, the father's left the son because they're both up in the cockpit, and this poor child is like 
clearly super freaking ill. And they're like, oh, well, t- the do- Dr. Bear's like, we'll take care of him. To, and- be, to be fair, this was the beginning from like the early, from like the mid 50s ish on through the early 80s. That was pretty much the golden age of the reverse of helicopter parenting. Oh my God. It was the golden age of the. Eh, they'll be fine. Uh, you know, like, like, you know, like for like 30 years, kids were basically playing in construction sites. I know, you know? but so like, like, this is the very beginning but this is of a that sick era. Kid, and I so know like, he's a sick kid, but I, I, it's like that whole thing of the kid is less important. I get it to the drama, like so. But it's also that's the way. Like, kids were less important. Yeah. They just were. Yeah. It's just you know, like eh. it doesn't matter. Anyway, the point is that that at that point, Patty shows back up with the boyfriend. Pat, he brings Patty to um, to Joey, and he's using it to try to cheer him up. Yeah, and um, and then he tries to show him how to use it, and you can just see like he's sweat, like the ba- the little boy is sweating, and it's just yeah. it, you can tell he's really and, sick. And around this point, um, also is when they don't fully do this in airplane. But um, Stryker has a massive PTSD. Oh attack yeah, yeah. To the point where like like they're trying all these different things in the plane. They have it like flying above. Like they, they climb up. It's like this tense thing of him yes. learning the controls, which they, they they it draws out a lot longer than airplanes. Oh, it's not yeah. very funny. It's more tense. Yes. There's not. I, I think they probably just couldn't get a lot of humor from it. Right. Like there's a whole shot, shot of him going across the instrument panel, which they parodied in Airplane. <laughs> right. Like it goes twice as long in Airplane, but it's the same shot basically. It just keeps going. You know, but it's like this big and him know, trying to figure out what all the to different find where all the controls are. are you yeah. know, and and you know the whole thing about it feeling mushy, like a you know, like that sluggish, whole, sluggish like a wet sponge, sluggish like a wet sponge. That is one hundred percent. All of that dialogue is pretty much one hundred percent from there. Any, anything that doesn't have any joke quality to it, right. was in the script originally, right? Right. Um, like it's like it, but he has like a, a serious flashback at some point, and like he like goes into a dive. Yeah, and there's this whole thing about he has to keep the, the speed above, and this this threw me because it seemed not that fast, but then I realized it's a prop, prop plane. Prop plane, yep. Like it's like the speed can't go below two twenty. I don't remember or something it was. or one. Yeah, maybe no, maybe it's like maybe it's like one twenty. It's I like can't remember. it's not a lot. Like, yeah, like when you think of like airplane speed, like it doesn't seem that fast. You right. Know, like, but but like you know, like but like the speed starts dropping, they start pitching, they almost hit a mountain. At yeah, one they point. almost hit the like, mountain. Like that's in the trailer if you ever uh, find the trailer for Zero Hour online. Like they do. His like, wife the, is yelling at his him. His wife is because yelling she's supposed to, snap to be, out yeah, of it. And during the dive, they knock the frequency off the radio. Right. And so like they'd been talking and whatever, but now they can't talk. And they and the thing is, they never at one point near the beginning, like he talks about, don't turn that button. That's the frequency. Talk, you know, like, and that frequency is the locked frequency. No one else. They've already called in the mayday. Right. They, they, yeah, he called in his mayday. I, I forgot. I'm not sure if we talked about we that. Probably didn't. But no. basically, they like they've locked the frequency that they're on. No other no plane, plane can like, have can that, use frequency. that frequency. Yeah. So only rescue workers in that plane are talking on that frequency. Right. And during the free fall, like while everyone was grabbing around and something bumped the frequency knob. And so they can't figure out, and it, it takes them forever to get back into frequency. Right. So they're flying completely blind in this terrible weather yep. for a while. Um, and during the uh, during the the frequency hunt, um, there's just randomly there's a shot during some of these calling around and all the various offices trying to find this. There's just randomly a guy who has an eye patch. Yeah, like which is fine. I get it. Like it's just weird for an older movie to do that. Yeah. Because it's just like it's just like okay, this guy clearly like has some sort of eye problem and therefore needs an eye patch. Right. But it's not remarked upon, and no. he's not a major character. Right. It's very weirdly distracting to suddenly see a guy with. And that's another. I can't believe airplane airplane didn't have like some random person with like, but exaggerated like a hook hand or something. Yeah. You know, like I, I I'm surprised that joke didn't show up because that feels well, like a sucker. Actually, joke. actually, probably the joke that they stole that idea from were the were the twins. 
Oh, yeah. This, you know, the yeah. conjoined twins. Yeah, that's probably, yeah. Do you like how he almost said the wrong thing there? Yeah, that was, that that was, was pretty, pretty That was pretty and good. And then they do, the, the, when they, they're, they don't have a spinning headline gag like an airplane right. or any newscaster gags like an airplane because, well, TV was fairly new then. But. But they do have a, and it's actually way more serious. And it's one of those things that you never really think about, like, but in those days because, you know, they didn't have, you know, they had to print the paper. Right. And so they needed to, like, rush an edition out. Like, if they, you know, it wasn't like you could update the website. Right. But they actually had two headlines they like they bring in the headlines at the newspaper yeah. and it's like one is like you know disaster disaster averted another yeah. is like it, everyone loses life but it's yeah. like one is for if the plane crashed and one is for if the plane survives yes and they're just re- waiting for that yeah and that's also we around the time we get the one of the most classic air, airplane gags the woman remember we she's already broken cut her hand on the glass yes. but that same woman losing it and everyone you know like like getting shaken by the one person, and the person says, "Let me take over." Yep. That is actually the doctor takes over from uh, from the flight attendant. Yes, and actually like does that. It is one hundred percent. It just it's, it's just the two. It's of just them. the two of them, but it's but like it's so the same. funny. He, it's like, like, like he he, he pulls her aside to do the exact the, same yeah, thing. The hysterics. Like he doesn't slap her, but he's like shaking yeah, her shaking and saying, her. "You need to calm down." Yeah. You know, it's like it is like but you know like, he's like leave her to me, and yeah. he just totally does the same thing. Very, it's amazing. Very weird. Yeah. And um, I, I don't actually have any more notes left for this movie before I, before I get into my, my airplane right. notes, which you know we'll worry about that. In a the minute. point is that I mean, just to kind of like wrap it up. Yeah. Well, to what, wrap it up, of, of like what ends up happening is because uh, the doctor tells him, you know, you only have so much time. All these people are getting sick. Right. I don't think I like like. Like, I, within two hours, they're all going to be dead. And there, there's fog everywhere on the runway in Vancouver. Right. And, uh, and Trelevin's basically telling Stryker, who's like, they've been back and forth, like, sniping at each other because right. of, of their past. You know, like, Stryker says, I'm taking this plane. Like, he just takes control of the plane. They're like, you're, you're like, because they're, like, freaking out because the altitude's dropping. And he gets on the thing and says, you listen to me. I'm taking this in. You know, like. And they want of, him to stay up there Yeah, he's longer. like, you've got two hours worth yeah. of fuel, which is yeah. an airplane. Yes. You know, and he's like, and. and he does the whole thing of, you know, I've got these sick people in here and I'm going to get them down. But uh, he also says, and my son is on here. And yeah. He's going to, like, basically he's like, I'm, my son's going to die and I'm not going to let that happen. Yep. You know, and he, so he does the whole landing and it's very, very it's close. really similar. And, oh, and the doctor does lean in, like, before they go into the, the full landing and he does the, I wanted everyone to know that we're counting on you. Uh, you know, like, I just wanted to know we're all counting on you. Wanted to tell you both good luck. Wanted to tell you good luck. We're, we're all, all counting, counting on you. you. Thank you. Uh, but he, do, he does that line. He delivers it exactly like Leslie Nielsen. And yes. it's And it's, it's, it's exactly as kind of, okay, because he just sort of comes in, says it, and leaves. leaves. It's so bizarre. You know, like, <laughs> I just wanted to know. I just wanted to tell you good luck. We're all counting yeah. on you. Yeah. You know, like, and, and like, like, Don't kill us. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's wacky. So uh, yeah. So they get so they get in. They have like a basic crash landing, but they make it. I mean, yeah. And they do the whole thing where the, the, the wheel the wheel snaps snap, off. Yeah. You can see like the, it catches on fire from yeah. friction. They do the whole push the four switches to, yeah. to turn the engine. Pull off. the red handle. Pull, pull the red handle. Yeah. You know, it doesn't come off in his hand, obviously. Right. Right. But um. But that's the uh. You know, like. That's kind of like like they end up with the pull, and then you get they they stop. The husband, you know, like, and and during this, of course, the wife has gained new respect for him right. as she watches him, you know, land this plane. Unfortunately, there is no inflatable autopilot. Yeah. Um. You know, but um. Oh my God. But then. Um, Hold on. I oh have my, to just say this really quickly. Oh my God. I'm so uh, sorry. I had a head of steam, and now I'm gonna forget what I was talking about. No, no, you won't. Um, I. It just occurred to me. I can't tell you how many times I've seen airplane. Many, many times. It just occurred to me why the. <laughs> You just realize why his name is Otto. 
do, do you realize why Otto is named Otto in The Simpsons? Um, yeah, because he listens to the headphones? No. He's an auto. He's a, he drives an auto. He's a car driver. Yeah. Otto. Yeah, I never Automatic. thought about that. Yeah. UI Otto is called Otto in, in Repo Man. Because he's repossessing automobiles. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we had this discussion it, on Repo Man. <laughs> right, but it never occurred to me, like, thinking of yes, him as automatic, auto, automatic pilot. I'm yes. such an idiot. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I, I'm glad Sorry. you interrupted me to call yourself an idiot because yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to save that sound and I'm going to use it in a loop on all of our episodes. Of course you will. Anytime you, yeah. anytime you ever say anything. There's so much love here. Yeah. I'm going to keep that one the in. Um, but, but anyway, yes, they are. But anyway, there's the whole thing where after they, they do, they land the plane land safely, the plane. Uh, you know, has the huge crash, the plane flips sideways like everyone manages to survive they're you know like they're about to get they're all going to get off but then you actually get the whole robert stack thing where he's like but you know from uh but from uh sterling hayden you know like i I speak for a lot of people here you you know the line you know like oh yeah um i'm using you as a resource i know it's really it's kind of bizarre but i'm trying to remember like what uh oh there's a lot of people here particularly me who would like to buy you a drink and shake your hand yeah that's the line and he does that line and then like and they walk out with the headphone just exactly like they do an airplane, with the headphones hung over the over the the uh, the flight thingy, the, like the, the, the steering stand, wheel. The steering wheel. But this is it. It's just the end. That's yeah. the end of the movie. There's yeah. no other like right. bit after that. Right. And like, because old movies ended like, oh, yeah, oh it's the over. conflict's over. They've landed. They've landed. Done. We're good. Yeah. And so that is zero hour. Yeah. Before we go, before we keep going into yeah. it. Let's uh, really quickly catch up on. Uh, let's talk a little bit uh, about the things that we remember. Like from like the, the things that like in airplane that we right. didn't talk about in here, yeah, yeah, because we are kind of doing this as a co movie episode. True, you know, like one thing that like you do not get. Um, by the way, during the when we watch the airplane DVD, it's the Don't Call Me Shirley edition. I think there's at least two different. Yeah, like, this is the golden age when we got this of DVD editions of comedies that had lines from the movie. Like there were literally two. There were literally ads for the. The Tommy Boy Holy Schnikey edition and the Ferris Bueller's Day Off Bueller Bueller edition on the previews for the yes. uh, for the DVD, um, and which which made Allie tell me, which was nice to know, uh, like something that never really occurred to me because we live in John Hughes land that like we very constantly drive by the Save Ferris. Um, Water what, tower. what they used to make the same. Like, I mean, it's not painted like that yeah, anymore, anymore. But, but that's uh, the one. But like, like, oh god, yeah, that would have been the same Ferris water mm-hmm. tower. It's just kind of a weird thing. Uh, one of the things you uh, you begin the thing. One of the things the jo- the the more topical jokes you miss is, of course, the great Jaws intro. Yes, uh, which was apparently done by the way. I think with cotton. That makes sense. Clouds. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Actually, the, I think the beginning, and this is a this is a wild guess on my part, but I think the beginning setup is probably taken from an airport movie, probably Airport seventy five. Yeah, there were four airport movies that were made before Airplane was released, um, and Airport Airport seventy five, Airport seventy seven, and Airport seventy nine, the Concord or whatever it is, or Concord Airport seventy nine. Yeah, uh, they were all huge money makers except the last one, which was a huge flop, and immediately killed the series and then airplane came along and i think like the the ridiculousness of disaster the 70s disaster movie kind of ended like with the 70s and then and then airplane appeared in 1980 and pretty much drove a nail in that coffin by showing like but um but another thing was i didn't realize that the music in airplane it makes sense that it's so bombastic they used elmer bernstein who has welcomed back from the podcast after uh you know his stint on the black cauldron whose music i felt was overly bombastic at least in airplane it works yeah and it's funny because um the music uh, he really did listen 
to the music from Zero Hour. You can tell that he it is it is its own. Yeah, it, it takes a lot. It, it, from it does. That. Yeah, I don't think it quotes any of the music directly, no. but it has the same feeling of yes. the old bomb. And that's true of all those movies from that time. Like yeah. they just use huge, big. I think, like, I, and I think I said it in, the, in a previous episode. I think those Mel Brooks parody movies and Airplane also kind of killed the ability to have that big kind of music in that exact way. Right. Like you can have those big orchestral scores now, but they kind of have to be a little more like. The John Williams thing with motifs and right, themes right. and everything, but like just having these big bombastic moments every time anything happens. It almost is too funny now. Yeah, it's yeah, it's been used too much in comedy. Right. Um so uh some of the things that were like very of its time jokes, not necessarily in the sense that they were any more racist or whatever, but are all the religious people in airports. Yes. Which is parodied, of course, by the Hare Krishna's being like sick of those people and being like you know, like getting bothered by Christians and other groups. Well the, the uh, best and is the somebody... moment, and one of the Hare Krishnas is of course 80s people will remember David, David Leisure, Leisure, who was Joe Isuzu from the Isuzu commercials where he told lies, and also Charlie from Empty Nest, which is part of the Golden Girls verse and therefore of interest to me. Um, the, what's funny, though, is that the great the great idea behind that is that it's not even just that all of these religious zealots are around there and they're literally walking in, but somebody from the Hare Krishna to, comes up to give them she's like we'd like you to have this flower you know from the right it was like the universal life no they were they were like a Christian type oh they, they were, were okay no but, no but David Leisure and that other guy are, are dressed are as Hare Hare Krishnas, Krishnas, right? and they're like rolling their eyes like we gave it the office we gave it the whatever. office yeah, yeah it's and, too funny uh, and they do like the airport security jokes which is so wild yes you know yeah. You know, like maybe that maybe that guy with the arm with the metal arm and everything, yeah. <laughs> you know, might have been uh, a bit of a parody there. But um, one of the things, a uh, little bit of trivia, I learned um, the very famous joke about the white zone is for loading and unloading, where it, where it's like, damn it, Joan, you, you know, like or whatever their names are, the two characters where they're fighting, yeah. like the, where the two announcers are fighting over it. Don't tell those, me about which zone is for loading. Which zone those is for are zone for the real. Voices that I don't know that they probably still aren't being used, but those are the real voices used at the time at the L.A. airport, and those were actually a husband and wife. Yeah, they auditioned a ton of voice actors, and they could not get like people that they felt sounded like enough that people would recognize them as like the airport loading voices. Yeah, so they said, "Wait, why don't we just get the airport loading people who were husband, who were and, husband wife, and wife to play a bickering husband and wife team?" It's too funny. Um, let me see. We got the kid named Joey. Uh, we already have that. Yeah. Uh, oh, some of the other a... um, Peter Graves, so great uh, as uh, as the as the pilot. Yep. Um, uh, Captain Over. Um, um, this is something that happens. It's really kind of funny. There. First of all, um, there's a fourth wall break, which is always funny in a movie, but it really only happens once in the whole movie. Really. The fourth wall break. Really. Which one is that? That's the one where he looks right into the camera and he goes, what a pisser. Oh, yeah. He doesn't really do the fourth. That's true. They, they do some things at the camera, but they're not really fourth wall breaks. Right. They're That's mostly like just boob That's like a full-on fourth wall break. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we run into when he, he was mentioning Peter Gray's and Captain Over, when Captain Over, white courtesy phone, Captain Clarence over, white courtesy phone, he's actually standing in front of uh, magazines. And John noticed this. I'd never seen it before. But... One of the, the, it's like Hustler and all I had actually seen it's, it before, but I was just laughing. It says, yeah, I, but it literally says whacking material. Yeah. I'd never seen that before. That was really funny to yeah, me. Yeah, um, there's a joke that Allie completely missed where Danny Thomas. Oh, yes. Um, hey, you know, like, uh, you know, he's at the Mayo Clinic because that's the whole, and this is, I think, from Airport 75, yeah. the whole idea of like, you're there's just, a little girl well, who's a sick. sick girl. Yeah. Uh, I think the singing nun is also from Airport I 75. Don't know. Yeah. Um, but, um, 
you know, and also one of the things from Airport 75 is there is one of the characters in Airport 75, the pilot, is named Al Murdoch. Right. So you've got Murdoch and Roger Murdoch. Roger Murdoch. And they and they and at the end they are they all get off on the inflatable slide. Right. Um, right. I wrote that down too. Um, there. But uh, cameo. But the, I never. You never noticed. finished talking about the reason why it was funny and the joke. Oh, the main. Oh, oh, the, the, the Allie had no idea. She thought those jars in the back were just like medical specimens. Had no idea. I actually thought no. I didn't think they were specimens. I actually thought they were like pill bottles. Pill bottles. Oh, pill yeah, bottles. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And, but and, you know, like, but of course, it's just jars of mayo because it's, it's a bad joke. All jars <laughs> of mayo, which is hysterical. Yeah. Another another cameo that I had no idea was in this movie until literally this time was I didn't realize that like the guy who cleans the windshield and they do a parody of, oh, yeah. and people who are younger than a certain age might not even get this parody unless they live in like New Jersey. Um, because who has a full service gas station? Right. Because they do a whole thing where over is, um, you know, like like they're cleaning the windows and Jimmy Walker falls off. Yeah. But like it's it's J yeah it's JJ. It's JJ. <laughs> um, but um, but um, when the dude comes and, to then, pay. and the dude comes and pays and my God he actually had like the old fashioned kachunk sliding. Um, like, and you put your credit card, credit card in, and... in, which we still used very briefly, very oh, yeah. briefly. Whenever I was in the late nineties, when I worked at a bookstore, and we used you, it you when still, I worked like, at Act One. You still had to call in like credit cards yes. at the end of the day. Yes. Like, we did that actually, too. Yeah, you we batch it out it and, and actually slide it over that thing. Yep. Those are so rare nowadays. Mm-hmm. You hardly ever see them. Well, because everybody um, uses like a square and things like that, yeah. you know. Oh, a fun, fun little bit. Um, the plane crashing through the, gra- the one of the best jokes when they when they when the direct. By the way, it's one of the Zuckers yeah. who, uh, who, who does, who, the, who does the, the, direction. the direction. I can't remember if it's the one who's now super right wing or not, but um, does the like he's like oh, over there and he turns and points and like the train the plane. Apparently, when that came out, pilots were contacting them to let them know that they had almost done that so many times. Yeah, that that's many, not uncommon. Many actually getting to the point of almost touching the glass before getting the brakes on, um, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. By the way, that was a full size. That was not that that effect was with a full size plane. Yep. Nose that was not done with miniatures, and that was actually it was one of the more expensive shots in the movie. I'm sure um, it's hilarious though. Um, they actually, but they do. It's wild how much the PTSD it, like is done. It's done, done the almost same. perfectly. I mean, it's it's it feels funnier in this because it's so overblown. Right. The other thing but, is that uh, um, when he when he goes to get his ticket, um, she says, you know, smoking or non-smoking, and he says smoking, and then oh he God. walks away with the, the, the smoking smoke ticket. ticket. But, but then the fact smoking, that smoking, smoking on, on an airplane, airplane was God. enough. And then the other the other thing is that great moment where he asks if Elaine's on the flight, and she's like, well, the whole fret flight crew is let me see like you can never yeah. find out if somebody's yeah, on a like, flight like yeah. that's such a security then, risk um, for, for my own entertainment the the mother uh, yes. the sick child was match game celebrity i can't remember her name now i'm blanking on it i had it memorized before uh bullifant uh, something bullifant oh um, yeah um oh gosh it's just but she of... but yeah she is uh but she was actually like but yeah she is uh she actually played the wife of one of the characters uh, one of the actors in a different sitcom yes so, yeah like you know so it's like this weird relation thing where like they were all like 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 there's some relation another it was one of the other relations that mm-hmm. i've forgotten i feel really bad and i should look it up but i'm not going to of course you're not um other good jokes that are thrown in out of nowhere was the train parody taking off of all those old movies where they chase the train oh um, right right the, the, the singing stewardess, which is definitely a parallel to Peggy King. Mm-hmm. Um, James Hong, in one of his like 800 movies he's in, plays a very stereotypical, like, looks like a Korean soldier. Well, he's supposed to be a Japanese yeah. soldier or something. He's dressed in a military uniform who commits seppuku at, during one of the stories. Yes. Um, not, that, he's that not the Ted first Stryker one to commit, right. to commit suicide. The first person the is, the, is the old woman um, where she hangs herself. Yeah, and and oh dear God! In that one flashback scene, like when they the, the like you know that the Ted and Elaine story is so oh, different, yeah. and like but there's a flashback of them after the war, 
And forget the Saturday Night Fever like jokes about that, which by the way are also largely, I think, shot for shot parodies of some of the scenes from. uh, But when they go, when they go to the Peace Corps, they they go to the Peace Corps and they're teaching black natives how to play basketball, and they're instantly good at it. Like, ooh, yeah, there's a few. That kind of predates, I think, some of the more conservative sides of uh, of David Zucker. Yeah. Um, they also make a lot of jokes against Reagan being senile, which I don't think Zucker would make nowadays. Yeah, probably not. Um, Zucker, of course, made. Well, they also an, make a joke. Zucker about... also made an American Carol, that horrible yeah. movie that like made fun of Michael Moore and had Chris Farley's brother in it, and yeah. like bombed. The, the had, other like, thing, conservative actor. In the Hollywood. other thing um, that that there's a joke about Reagan in there is when um, the woman who ends up like oh, the, having the eggs. Up. No, she has the, she has the eggs and she's like not feeling well and she's like I haven't felt this bad since we saw that Ronald Reagan film. And yeah. It's just such a great moment. <laughs> like um, yeah. So yeah, and then uh, Johnny. Uh, Johnny. You know, played by, uh, what's his name? Oh, Stephen. Uh, yeah, St- uh, Stephen. I'm gonna have to look it up. Oh now. gosh. It's, it's, it's two S's, but it, yeah, but uh, but Johnny, the the obviously gay, over the top, like you know, like hilarious. Joke. Um, you know, Stephen Stucker. Stucker. Um, Johnny is actually a character. He doesn't have any lines, but Johnny does a lot of walking across the screen and getting things for people throughout Zero yes, Hour. Yes, yes. So he is actually based on, like, whatever. Stephen Stucker, unfortunately, died of AIDS in the 80s. Yes. Um, but he, like, he was, um, you know, one of their, like, comedy group that they worked with in the 70s a lot. So, so funny. He's He's got some of the funniest lines yeah, in the he's, like, he's, he's, he's so irritating and so queer, but, oh. like, it's so funny. Like, the one, like, Johnny... Coffee, Johnny? No, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> How about some coffee, Johnny? No, thanks. <laughs> you know, so... Um, I, some of the other things I love that rear screen joke with Robert Stack. Yes. Like, it, like I actually was expecting that scene to be in, in Zero Hour when, it's when like, we're driving. Because like yeah. it's it, it's that bad fifties green screen, but there's right. no actual scene of anyone driving. No. So like I expected like I expected Sterling Hayden's character to be driving. To yeah, the yeah, me like, too. Driving there with like like in a hurry with the crazy. Um, they do have the, the the same thing where they have the the wife. They wake the wife up to tell her that you know her husband's you know there's a problem with the plane and blah 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 and uh, so she comes to the airport and then obviously the parody of that is they wake her up and then she's she turns on the light and you see that there's a horse in the yeah. bed with her which is of course parodying Godfather, Godfather yeah. but this horse is fine she's like there's juice in the refrigerator it's such a weird yeah. moment oh um and uh, there is another thing like I'm gonna say this one of the lines that's we I don't think we went over that's in, that's actually in zero hour that you would not freaking believe is a real line from that yeah. movie but it totally is is the very serious we need to find someone who can fly this plane and who didn't have fish, fish for, for dinner. dinner yeah like that line is said straight faced yep. and super seriously which is a totally ridiculous uh line to actually see um by the way um a little bit of a little bit of a reference that like probably got missed um is that lloyd bridges who played mccroskey uh, you know the the works yes. at the airport. Lloyd Bridges was briefly on a uh, you know in the early seventies was on a, uh, a an unsuccessful like series set in the San Francisco International Airport. Oh, right. And he played he played the like the head of the airport. Uh, Mystery Science Theater fans will know the original TV movie that it was based on was released as San Francisco International and that, that, that in the pilot that was uh, Pernell Roberts who played that role but in, when it went to series it was uh, Lloyd Bridges. Lloyd Bridges. So Lloyd, like, like there, I think there's a nod to that yeah, somewhere yeah. Like, well, in there. And there's also a great moment where he's leaning on the table in his with the cigarette. That's and such a good, good, dumb visual it's a dumb gag. Visual that's a Zuckerd Abrams like totally. And then the, behind him is a picture of him in the exact same yeah, position. position. It's such a great yeah, moment. Yeah and there's a um, oh, and a very famous scene where Barbara Billingsley speaks jive. Yes. Um, oh, yeah, there, this is funny. There, there is actually, um, what's funny is uh, they originally asked Harriet Nelson of Ozzie and Harriet to do it. 
and she was like, "Oh, that's that would be that sounds embarrassing," and I, I like I, I'm not going to do something like she was too dignified for that. After seeing the movie, she said, "Oh, I should have done that because yeah. they got bar- they got the mom from Leave It to Beaver right. instead, you know." So they, they, like they went with the, you know equally like untouchable like TV mom. It was great, you know. And, uh, in our day and age, it would have been more like Florence Henderson. Yeah, it would have been, been yeah. just like one yeah. step up. Yeah, yeah. Or, or like I'm trying to think, like maybe maybe Meredith Baxter, Bernie later. But, oh you know, yeah, but like yeah, we yeah. Didn't have those perfect TV moms no. by the time we were kids. By the time yeah. we were kids, like the '70s had happened. You had like Judith you know? Light, and you're yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're like, well, yeah, okay. that's not good. That's no, you're not gonna have that perfect, you know, like the the perfect mom who like does like cleans the house in pearls, <laughs> Donna Reed, you know, kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. I'm trying to think anything else. Another Reagan joke is they made fun. They did uh, George Zip, the one who died. They do they used the parody of Newt Rockney All American, even using the music from the, yes. the Notre Dame fight theme. Yes. For win one for the zipper. Yes. Um, and I'm trying to think um, that the lamp pour. I need I needed to pour We're all the lamps on the runway. No, and uh, uh, pour all uh, uh, all light onto the runway. Pour all light, light. onto the runway. And then is, they is dumping they just the lamps. Dumping a bunch of lamps. That actually was the pour all light was a line from the movie. As yes, well. um, it was. And then there's some joke near the end about disco being dead. Which was kind of embarrassing. Yeah. Really, like, man, I forgot. Like, we all hated disco. So, well, we in quotes. I was too young to really know what it was, but we were taught in the early '80s, like, and throughout the '80s, that disco sucked. Yeah. Like, it was it was the worst thing in the world. And as I've become an adult, I've learned that disco is actually like, like, the reaction to disco was actually mostly fueled by like a lot of conservative and... racism and homophobia yep. because yep. disco started out in like gay and black yep. uh, gay black and latino dance yep. clubs yep uh it was a very working class movement when it first started uh you know so it's kind of like it's one of those things where actually hating disco is way more reactionary than uh than yep. being a disco fan. like a lot of the people who like disco sucks were like fans of 70s stadium rock which sucks ass yeah, too totally. so you know like you know like it's one of those things but uh but anyway i think that's I, like we've kind of rambled on a little bit yeah. um so you know happy 50th uh, anniversary yeah uh, it's for been 50 years sure. since we started 50 this years podcast, since we started which is the why podcast we have 50 episodes one podcast yes. a year one we have year. we have i guess um a couple of questions to ask yeah, each other. Yeah, we should. Um, okay. We actually have four questions to yes. ask each other. Two yes. apiece. Two apiece. Allie, yes. Was Zero Hour worth watching? A hundred and ten percent it was worth watching. Now, I'm going to couch this by saying there's a piece of me that wonders if it was worth watching because so much of it really was shot for shot of my beloved airplane, which I've known mm-hmm. you know, my whole life or whatever. But I was thinking about it because... You know, back in the day, you know, before we had streaming and we, you know, had a million and one cable channels, you know, if it's a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon and you're home or you're sick and home from school, there are these old movies that are playing on, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe you had TBS, maybe you were that lucky or whatever, you know, and it's always one of these older movies that are black and white and whatever. I would have been so compelled by this movie and I would have watched it and I would have been like, oh, that movie, that movie about the plane, like that would have totally brought me in and I would have watched that. I would have sat there just, you know, jaw dropped watching it and very into it. So for me, 100% it was worth watching. Um, So John, was Zero Hour worth watching for you? I, I I agree. Yes, I think it was. And I'm forgetting. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to imagine an, a world without airplane yeah. for this. Because yes, it's worth watching on one level. Of it's fascinating if you're familiar with airplane to see how much was taken. Like right. so much of that movie. But it's also. But weirdly, even knowing so much of it and having pretty much the plot like right there for me, 
it was still very compelling in like that 50s movie way. Yes. Like it, it's definitely an old movie. It yeah. has like certain ways that things are done. But I think it was a legitimately good movie. Yes. I think without Airplane existing, it probably would have been forgotten to Agre- time. There's agreed. so many movies from that era that no one remembers unless they're like specific film scholars of that time period. But I think it's a very well-made movie. It's yeah. structured excellently. It's very tense. Even knowing, It is we, very tense. We knew everything that was going to happen because yeah. it is basically the plot to Airplane. Right. We know they're going to we survive both, and we're still like, we're it's still, still like, oh, tense. It's tense. We're, like, ooh, ooh, we're stressing know? out for them when, you know, yeah, almost in the mountains. And, it's, yeah. very, it's very well done. It's obviously, like, it had a budget but not that much of one. Right. It's very effective. It's got a very small, like, you know, like, area of effect. I'm pretty sure there's some stock footage used. Oh, I'm sure. Especially in yeah. the old stuff, yeah. Yeah, like, they, like but it, it still really works. I think it's... I think it's a good movie independent of Airplane. I do too. I think, I think it, like, just, it's not long, of course, like most old movies. Yeah, it's, it's like 81 minute. minutes. Yeah, it's like 81 minutes long from start to finish. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's, but it's, it's very excellently done. It's like, it, like, the only, the only caveat, honestly, really, it's like, it's less racist than Airplane. It sure it actually is. holds up better than Airplane in a well, lot of Well, of course, they're all white, so. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> but, but, but I mean, there's no horrible stereotypes Correct, in, correct. You know? There's none of that. But like. But, like, at the very, like, there's no, like, characters where you're like, ooh, that's cringe. You know, yeah. like, there's nothing cringe about it. It's just, like, the like the only caveat I might have is if you, like, aren't used to, like, an, like the style of acting that you see in, like, old melodramas, it might be a bit much at times. Right. You know? Like, it's, and it's definitely, like, the tonal shifts between, like, suddenly having these light characters show up for a little bit of comedy every now and then. Mm-hmm. Not, not, like, full-on jokey comedy, but just, like, light-hearted characters where, like, to, like, ease the tension. It, it comes off a little t- weird tonal it, shift. It does. For, like, a modern, like, modern thrillers don't really do that. Right. You know? But, you know, it's still, it's a very compelling movie. And, yes, it definitely was worth watching. I had cool. a great time watching it. I would have enjoyed it even, like, had Airplane never existed. Right. I'd been like, well, this was a neat little movie. It would have yeah. been, like, a little cult favorite where I've been like, exactly. hey, you know what? If you ever have a chance to see Zero Hour, it's worth seeing. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I wouldn't hunt it down as, like, like psychotically, but if, like, your library has a copy right. like ours, ours did, did. The which was library, shocking, um, <laughs> it, like, uh, had that. Um, if you find it, um, it's, I mean, it's out on DVD. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's worth... ever been a Blu-ray transfer, but it's definitely been out on DVD. It's worth taking a it's look. It's definitely yeah. worth seeing. Yeah. Um, and, okay, I got okay. another question for you. You've got another one for me? Yes. Okay. Was Airplane worth revisiting? Yes. Hmm. That's what yeah, I have to I say about like, that. I don't right. think I don't think anybody on this en- entire podcast has any question whether or not I would say that. I yeah, think I this is a movie that what I don't know if I actually said this or have said it in other episodes. This was a movie that I watched every single day when I would come home from lunch. You mentioned in passing, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. I mean, or if I was having a bad day, if I just needed a pick me up, if I needed something to just make me laugh, this was that movie for me. Yeah. And it's funny too because I am I I actually am so afraid of flying. I have a deep, yeah. deep, horrible fear of it. And then you showed me fearless also. <laughs> I know. Well, because this is what I start. This is what I do. Is I start when I'm afraid of something. I start digging in and finding out all all the information that I can. And it's like, well, I have to face this fear. So I'm going to watch all the. I'm almost doing what they do in the parody of on airplane where they show the disaster airplane yeah. like blowing up in the movie. Yeah. Like the in-flight movie is is some horrible disaster. It's, like, it's not even a movie. It's just showing a plane crashing. Yeah, plane crashing. But like, I feel like that's what I, I was like, well, and the only way that I'm going to get through this is by full exposure. So I would literally put myself through watching 
Every, I mean, admittedly, watching Airplane is a little easier than watching uh, Airplane. But but like I I'm very familiar with Alive, and I'm very familiar with yeah. Fearless, and like there are all these really terrible like yeah, it's, plane it's really, crash movies. Like, that yeah, yeah, like really, for, me, for me, I would revisit Alive because you know I have a fear that I will completely succumb to my love of human flesh and of, become a Wendigo. Of course, you know, so I, I definitely would want to watch that. Yeah. Um, do you have any more questions for me? I do. Uh, so John, was uh, Airplane worth revisiting? I mean, it was. I think it. I think it holds up mostly there. Again, yeah. there's some cringe to it. A couple cringe to it. But it is, if you're talking about like that style of comedy that yeah. like, like the Zucker Zucker Abrams style of comedy, which I think it's one of those things where like it, like Airplane definitely changed the way comedy was for a lot of people. Like there are Mel Brooks movies with a ton of jokes like yes. that. And there are, there's earlier Zucker, like the Kentucky Fried movie that they did, which is much more just a bunch of sketches yes. thrown together. Like this was the first. In fact, there were apparently a bunch of commercial parody sketches that were cut from this script uh, because they like they they basically got like a script editor in, and he's like, "You got to make this tighter more and more, seamless. make it more like a story." Yeah, you know, which I think makes it. And the fact that they used a real script really keeps it much more grounded. Yes, like I didn't know until fairly recently they were not at all responsible for Airplane Two. Yes, because I, uh, I Airplane Two is quite a misfire. It's compared. a very different feeling of a movie. Which you know, is why like, I don't like, like it there as much. are like I would say like. Like, it's like 10% of Airplane 2 is funny. Yes. Whereas most of Airplane is funny. And yes. most of it still holds up having seen it many, many times. Yes. It's not the best thing ever, but like the whole Zucker, Zucker Abrams uh, thing, like they carried the steam of that for a while after Airplane. They did Top Secret, which I love. Uh, they, they did the Naked Gun movies, which is diminishing returns, but the first Naked Gun I really quite like. But they, after that, they've kind of, they they kind of broke apart into different groups, and they each they all make that this kind of comedy for yeah. the most part. But it's been much less successful. They yeah. did a couple of the scary movies uh, and such. Like like I feel like this kind of comedy has run its course. People don't really like like it. It may be profitable to make them, right? But like it's like it's like they're not artistically valid right anymore like airplane really works it it's so special it, it works it hard i think and it's I, actually yeah, like, the I best it, of all of their i think movies. it is i think probably is too although i have a very soft spot in my heart for top secret mm. because it's parody spy films yes and i know. also has like 60s surf music parodies yes. and like parodies like the the bad elvis movie yes you know like it has like that kind of stuff going on in it you know, so like I like, and there's some there are some definite jokes in Top Secret that I laugh at just as hard as any of the airplane sure, jokes. Like sure. the, when the guy gets thrown off the the parapet and he shatters. Like yeah. I just think like that is one of the, my favorite pieces of physical comedy I've ever seen. Yeah. I don't know why it just cracks me up every there's, time I've it, ever seen it. They're very good at their stuff. I yeah, mean, there's no question. But like, I, I definitely and, and think also, that also is airplane special. has one thing. Like it, it's the movie where Leslie Nielsen is the funniest. Yes, and he stays funny for most of the '80s, but the longer Leslie Nielsen was a comic actor. The further he got removed from his dramatic roots, because Leslie Nielsen was a dramatic actor until Airplane, really. His Twilight Zone is terrifying. But, like, he's very intense. And the thing is, it, what it works about it in Airplane for him, and I'm using him particularly because he did so many comedies yeah. after this, is the more deadpan he is, the funnier he is. Yes. And the longer he gets involved in, like, comedy over the years until, like, his last few movies were just, like, Dracula dead and loving it and things yeah. like that. It's just too goofy. Yes. And he's, he he allows himself to be goofy, whereas the, the humor for Leslie Nielsen is the dignity. His dignity. He's you so... Know, the, the, the way he delivers in Don't Call Me Shirley. Yeah, or, his gravitas. Know, but that's not important now. Yeah. You know? He's um, so funny. Because he's, because he's not trying to be. 
is really yeah like it, it like he's playing it like playing it straight and I think Peter Graves for the most part is funnier Same. like I don't think like the, the least funny part of, uh, of of airplane for me is for graves is when he's actually doing all the throwing up the symptoms yes, and he's yes, actually me being too. comedic yeah but when, like when he's delivering all those lines like ever seen a grown man naked yeah oh by the way he was apparently incredibly uncomfortable oh, doing yeah. that scene like he did not make eye contact or like be, like he did not want to touch the kid and, yeah. he, and he did not want to talk to him when they weren't shooting right because he was incredibly incredibly uncomfortable about how creepy that scene was yeah. and like you know like the implications of that scene like yeah. it, they like graves made him very very squirrely, squirrely so yeah. like you know, that's according to the actor who played joe right. um later on in life he also said that kareem abdul jabbar when he grabbed him on that like you tell your old man <laughs> you know just yeah. that, you know to try dragging you know like yeah. like that scene like apparently like he really grabbed uh joey pretty hard and, and joey was actually scared yeah so the, the shot that you see of him like he, he like, nervous. like like it like it almost like like Kareem might have actually been kind of legitimately annoyed, <laughs> like is how he felt. Like he had actually upset him. So yeah, so, but I yeah. but definitely airplane is worth revisiting. I I don't quite have the love for it that you da- well, do, but true. I still. But very few people do. I this still laugh true. at it quite a lot. Yeah, this is true. Um. So yeah, we are we are now fifty episodes fifty in. Um. <laughs> you know, fifty years. Happy fiftieth birthday. Happy fiftieth birthday. It's uh. You know. You know, it's just great, you know, and uh, we just, you know, we, we appreciate we want to thank you. Yeah, you know, we really appreciate you and for listening, listening and for being a friend, for sticking around. You know, we're, all, we're all counting on you. <laughs> Our 80 followers on Twitter. It's been great. <laughs> no, for real, though. But thank you. And, and what you know, a fraction of my huge Twitter empire. And is. literally, <laughs> please share that this this podcast exists because you are really uh, the people that can do that is to spread the word. So have them follow us on Twitter at yeah. MMIS podcast. Yes. At MMIS podcast. You can, uh, you can visit our website, uh, matchmadeinspace.com. I mean, there's not always that much on there, but you know, you can do it. Yep, You, <laughs> you can, can do visit. That. Um, you can, you know, um, you know, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes and we should probably at some point figure out the other podcast services and get on them, you know, Oh, like Stitcher, Stitcher and, and, yeah. and Google play. It's not difficult. Crap. I know yeah. it's not, but maybe you should do it then. Um, but you can also, if you want to send us a uh, long form correspondence and maybe one day we'll answer it. Um, <laughs> You can get us, our email is matchmadeinspace at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook. We have a um, matchmadeinspace page, page um, on and, Facebook. And you can find us individually. You can find Allie at Allie underscore Goodman. That's A-L-I for Allie underscore Goodman. Like and you good can man. find John at Hitler Puncher. Yes. Like Hitler that you punch. Yeah. As opposed to the Hitler that you knead into dough and bake into cookies? What? <laughs> Maybe you have it for dinner, you sit down, you chat. Yeah, yeah. I'm afraid not. The only seat I'm saving is for Elijah Alley, and I think it's <laughs> in poor taste to even think Hitler could sit there. Um, so, um, yeah, that's I think it. that's it. I think we're wrapping up. Yeah. Um, tune in in a few weeks when we do another movie. We're going to just do the one movie. And yeah. uh, let's see. I think it's Alley's turn to show sure me something. Um, I. I'd ask her to give me a hint, but she'll never, I ever, never ever will. let me know until nope. we watch it. Which That's means right. one of these days she's going to start showing me a movie and I'll be like, yeah, I saw this. No, I always <laughs> double check. I just usually check with you many, 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 many months separated from when I actually show uh, it. Anyway. Anyway, so this is A Match Made in Space signing off. Adios. I just wanted to tell you both good luck. We're all counting.